after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. When you can't be with him, be in his mind. Be a mind sticker. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. She's my mind sticker. Hello, Genevieve. Hello. Coming up today, we are... You know what, Genevieve? This. You this, know what? You know what we're going to do? We're going to step outside of our little after these messages bubble, right? Like every week, what do we do? We come on here, we talk about yeah. you know, our opinions on me, commercials. Me, me. We bring the ad council in often, but they're all part of our little bubble too, right? Yeah. Um, so today I thought, well, what are other people saying about commercials? What if I just type the word commercial <laughs> into Twitter? What will I find? What conversations will I uh, uncover? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll uncover a lot of conversations about commercial fishing and commercial airlines and all kinds of other commercial-related things. Um, But also, some people actually talking about commercials. And um, I'll tell you what. Open Twitter is a nasty place. Like Twitter, oh, like outside of your yeah, like your curated. Even list. you know, we all know this, but even us, the people we follow, we watch. You know, nice conversations just disintegrate into chaos and bickering. But then when you just type a word like commercial, yeah, and search by latest, yeah. <laughs> like you get a lot of get a lot of nasty stuff. But don't worry, I took all that on and I've filtered it out, and I'm going to bring you um, some of the commercials people are talking about this week on Twitter. What do you think? What do you, what do you think about that as an idea? Should we have talked about this before the show? No, I love that you uh, produced the show, first okay. of all, because yep, it was busy sure. for me. Yeah, well. um, and I think this is a great idea. Okay, good. Well, we'll see. Um, plus, uh, when we do bring the ad council into this conversation, uh, one listener has a theory about a befuddling pro-mask commercial that we watched um, from here in Washington State last week. Good message. You and I are pro-mask wearing. I'm wearing one right now. Okay, I'm not wearing one right now. (laughs) We're very pro-mask wearing, and I'm glad that they have PSAs about, you know, telling people why it's important to wear a mask. But the one that we watched last week, I was very confused about. It seemed like there were a lot of editorial decisions that didn't really pay off. Well, we have a listener who's going to try to help us with that a little bit. I had a feeling that we might hear back on that. Because mm-hmm. it felt like we were missing some some key piece of information. So I, I appreciate the listener writing in. Well, now I feel like I've oversold it. I'm not saying that I agree with this listener or that it's the this strongest theory the in the world. This listener is the biggest dum-dum <laughs> that I've ever but heard of. But she's trying, and that's what's important. <laughs> uh, plus, we do have a new jingle from a listener. Um, and so we will uh, we'll play that for you. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It comes from Florida. Okay, uh, first, though, let's figure out what people are talking about on Twitter. All right, first of all, what a jam that is! Yeah, have you ever seen the video? I watched the video today. I don't recall it. They're all like on a submarine somewhere, and they're like opening all these latches, and then it'll cut to like old World War II footage as if Depeche Mode is at war. But really, all they're doing is like cranking things. <laughs> like for real, like, you know, like under... It is a week for cranking things. <laughs> yeah, it is. They're just like, they're just two 
tubing all over the place. Anyway, um, so uh, one thing, I'm not going to replay the commercial now, but uh, a listener last week, an ad counselor, uh, brought to our attention a new John Goodman commercial for something called Slotomania, which is a game you play on your phone. You know, it's like slots in Vegas. And John Goodman plays a finger, and it is a weird commercial. Yes. It's a disgusting commercial. We discussed it at length last week, and um, I'm not going to play it again here because there's no point in doing that. But I will say that is one of the number one things that people are talking about on Twitter in the commercial realm. I would say number two, or maybe even inching that one out, maybe even number one, is this commercial starring none other than Bruce Willis. Genevieve. Die Hard is back. I saw this, uh, and it's it's exciting. So the, they started with a little. It's consistent with what I know about Bruce Willis's um, act for act for pay policies. By the which way, which is he'll do acting for money. Yeah, okay. it, it's That's not so much about the straightforward policy. I yeah, guess. I think it's I think his policy is extremely straightforward. <laughs> yes, and. Highly, uh, highly quantifiable. <laughs> well, it started as a little teaser campaign. Devereaux White, who apparently played Argyle yes. in uh, the original Die Hard movie, like tweeted something out like, this is my first tweet ever. <laughs> just want to let you know that Die so Hard is back. Someone should do a book that's just everyone's first tweet ever. Uh-huh. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, also, Bruce Willis's daughter, Rumor, tweeted out some sort of Die Hard is back tease as well. And then... This commercial in its entirety aired, and this is a two-minute commercial, aired during a Fox football NFL broadcast uh, just this weekend. And it's a, like I said, it's a two, full two-minute uh, movie trailer style commercial. And it begins right in the action as Bruce Willis is behind the wheel of a car that he's trying to start in some sort of like kind of a... Uh, intimidating-looking nighttime construction zone. Yep. Probably could have rearranged the order of those words as I said them, but you're you're all following along. I've been reading a lot of Twitter today. My brain is a little jumbled. Anyway, Bruce Willis is behind the wheel of a car, and he's trying to start it, and it won't start. Well, you wanted the quiet life, John. Dead batteries, empty streets. Now we see him walking down an empty city street. It looks like there's a store open uh, in the background. Video. Oh, look at that. Now, that's one of the villains from Die Hard, right, that we see through a window there, maybe eating at a diner? Yes, he calls him Theo, and I think that Theo is the guy who... Um, see the quarterback is toast he's guy? He's the quarterback is toast uh, guy. Oh, okay, yes. sounds good. So Bruce Willis continues uh, walking down the street after the quarterback is toast guy just gave him a finger gun. Which, did he die in the original? I can't remember. I Most of them did. Now Bruce Willis is surrounded by a bunch of bad guys who have their headlights focused on him and now suddenly suddenly we are inside of an advanced auto parts store where there are a bunch of what die hard batteries and i have to note that the clerk who is she's sort of putting away various things and putting away batteries on the shelf is humming ode to joy oh i didn't notice that Lots a little, a little Easter Easter egg. Eggs. so in case yeah. you haven't caught it uh, yet. This is not really an advertisement for a new Die Hard. This is an advertisement for Die Hard batteries at Advance Auto Parts. And Bruce Willis just comes crashing through the window of the store. Welcome to 
Welcome to Advance Auto Parts. I need one of those. Is there another way out? Um. She looks up, and what's up on the ceiling but a uh, air duct vent. Yes. Uh, he hates those. Oh, come to L.A. <laughs> you kidding me? Did you know we have free installation? Yeah. Oh, so now he's crawling through the ducts. People are shooting at him. He's uh, holding a diehard battery this whole time. I don't think we need to go through this entire two-minute commercial because it's mostly sound effects. We're about halfway through now. Why don't we finish the story? Oh, uh, really? You want to yeah. tell the whole story? Don't okay, I might hand story. it over uh, to you now. All so right. now we see uh, Argyle, uh, and he's he, driving a car, right? Yeah, so, he gets, so Bruce Willis is carrying his battery. He's walking down the street when he gets hit by a car and rolls up on the hood, looks in the window in the front, in the windshield of this 80s-style limousine, and it's... Old Argyle. His old pal. <laughs> oh, and that rap song that's playing there, I bet you they wanted um, Christmas and Hollis. Huh? Oh, that wasn't probably. That, wasn't that yes. what he was listening to it in that sure movie? Was. I don't even know that How movie. How could they not well. afford that? Yeah, good question. You're getting blood on the seats, man. All right, now the bad guys are back. They're getting sh- chased by a Humvee. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Now another Humvee crashes into them, T-bones them. You alright? We're getting out of here, buddy. Just gotta change my battery. He drags Argyle and the battery to his um, his dead car. Then some tough guy comes up. He whacks him with the battery. Now Theo uh, has like turned on a bulldozer. Is that a bulldozer? Yeah, I think so. And. Uh, he shoots the battery, but the battery survives somehow. Somehow. This is where the story really falls apart for me. I couldn't tell what car he was putting the battery in, but apparently he puts it in his like GTO or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Finds a grenade somehow, throws that in the bulldozer. Um, that Theo is driving. I don't think yeah. it's a bulldozer. I think it's like a steam shovel. Oh, okay. Um, but he throws the grenade in the in the cab of the vehicle, of the construction vehicle that Theo's driving. And what what falls apart for you there? Just like where the, like the it just, battery vis- visibly gets shot up. Shot up, yeah. Does like he then that. go? I think maybe then he goes to the limousine, which is kind of toast. Oh, pulls the diehard. Wait, battery. what is the limousine? The limousine is toast. Okay, um, pulls the limousine's battery out and then puts that in the GTO. And if it's not a GTO, I don't care. You're right. That's a front end loader of some sort. Die Hard is back. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> Die Hard back. Argyle tries to steal his line at the end. Yippee ki I think they could have um, slowed, sped up the action at the beginning a little bit and slowed down the action. Yeah, there's at the just end. a lot. But like that's the, also, second, the back half of that, I don't need. But I got to tell you, that is very in keeping the sort of the. Uh, coherence of the stunt work in the later diehards is extremely mm. incoherent is is not great um there's one where he does ride i believe it is a bulldozer something with like a like a you know a snow plow on the front uh like on a wave of mm-hmm. water so i'm just saying this in some ways i feel like it's incoherence is an homage to the whole series now we'll move on here but i will say and this is probably a by the way, I don't believe they're done making Die Hard movies. No, probably not. Um, See, I don't my know, earlier comments, Ray acting for pay. I don't know if this is um, controversial or not, but I, I watch that commercial and I think, you know what? That is a Christmas commercial. 
Is it because of Ode to Joy or because Die Hard is a Christmas movie? I'm just saying it because of that stupid <sighs> debate people have been having for like some some guy thinks he's really clever when he brings up the topic. Hey, you know what, man? I think Die Hard. <laughs> think about it. It's a Christmas movie. I mean, I think that's finally done now. But God, my God, how many people who thought they were clever were bringing that up? Like now that every recently. living American has a John McClane in the in the air duct Christmas ornament. Oh, right, I yeah. think we're done. We we right. all agree it's a Christmas movie. Exactly. And you're you're very clever to think of that. Um, okay, so now this I, I almost hesitate to go into this next commercial because it's another one that is going to totally rely on visuals. And in this case it's going to rely on you and me to describe the action Vives. But I think we did great on Die Hard. This one we did. You did. You did a good job. <laughs> um, this one uh is being talked about a lot on Twitter. We were and talking about it over the weekend. Vives, honestly, I've been doing some real soul searching about this commercial. <laughs> this came on in its full two-minute entirety during the Browns-Steelers game uh, this weekend. Of course, I'm a Browns fan. It was a really painful game for Browns fans, but this commercial had us laughing our asses off. And this is what I was thinking about. I don't think there's ever been a time in my life or that I can remember where it's like, wait, shh, 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 yeah. shh, shh, no, what we, is going on with this commercial? Except for like during Super Bowls, we're all kind of conditioned to sure. do that now. We're wait, but like but no, we're we were just watching it. We just watched probably the same Verizon ad that we've seen a million times. And then all of a sudden this thing comes on and like 15 seconds in, we're like, what? Stop there's, everything. There what is so going many, on in this commercial? There are so many good jokes in this. They are visual, so it is a little bit of a tough one for a podcast, but... There are so many great jokes, and it go. The story keeps going, but you keep following it. Yes, and I don't know. And again, I think I, I don't know that we're going to narrate all two minutes of this because, it, again, I don't know how well that works in this medium. But essentially, what you need to know is, if you're not a sports fan, you might not know this. Although I would presume you do, but um, because fans are not allowed at a lot of sporting events now, what some um, leagues and teams have done is they've put cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. Yeah, you send in a picture, they make a cardboard cutout of you, it costs, you know, 50 bucks or something, mm -hmm. and then you can occasionally, you know, you might see your cutout in the stands. I think some baseball teams have done like a promo where if, you're, if your cutout gets hit, you oh, win yeah. something. Mariners were doing that. You would get the ball. Yeah. Okay. If your if your cutout quote unquote catches the ball, they were going to send you the ball. <laughs> um, so anyway, so this is and again the best part of this commercial, which kills me to do on a podcast, is the facial expression yeah. on this particular fan cardboard cutout. It really is good. But it starts with a wide shot, I believe, of a New York Giants football team. We see a whole bunch of cardboard cutouts wearing Giants gear. And then the camera focuses on one of them. And it's kind of a, I mean, it's, he's a he's not an unattractive man, I would say, but just kind of a derpy looking white guy. Yeah, and is young. probably er, like, what would you say, mid-20s? At, at most. Um, he's young. And he just has, the, his eyes are kind of wide and his... His mouth is in kind of a half grin. And the reason I'm giving so much detail on that is as this cardboard cutout goes through the commercial, there's going to be a lot of scenarios that it finds itself in. He and has to somehow react. this 
it is like a painting that just it's just you imprint whatever you want I feel on like it. Giant's Guy Reacts is a great meme it is amazing like whatever happens to this cutout they'll do they'll do another close up <laughs> on his face and somehow and it works somehow it works sometimes it's like it looks exactly like uh oh sometimes it's kind of like oh good news and or sometimes like, it's like I'm really sad and sometimes I'm just really sad it is this is the best commercial I have seen in a really it's long really time. It's really And I know that we're sports fans or, you know, we, I don't and know. And commercials fans. And commercials fans. But, like, this is really good. So let's play a little bit of it. There's New York. Giants Stadium. What is New York Giants Stadium? I should know that. Is that Meadowlands? No. I have no idea. All right. Here's our derpy guy. He sees a cardboard cutout of a Bud Light salesman. So they even have a vendor in the stands as a cardboard cutout. So now our cardboard cutout of our derpy fan starts making its way down the aisle and down the steps to get a beer from the salesman, but it's empty. They put it... Yeah, the the cardboard cutout Bud Light sales guy is out of cardboard Bud Light. (laughs) That's right. And so we get a close-up of Derpy Guy's face, and it's like, oh, okay. So then he starts walking out of the stadium. Well, not out of the stadium, but out of the... um, out of the bleachers because now he finds himself sort of in the bowels of the stadium where he's not where it says authorized uh, personnel only and he sees a big stack of uh, bud lights on a forklift he starts making his way to it can i help you <laughs> but he, now he's caught by a real life employee yeah who of, should be masked tbh he should be masked you're right but it does make sense that he's a real life person because this is a game that does have real life people, you know, working the game. Who are they stocking the Bud Light for? That's a good question. That's a good question. So he gets caught. So now the cardboard cutout starts running away and now he leaves the stadium. He's forgotten about the game. He really wants a Bud Light. Now he's out on the street and he sees a big Bud Light tractor trailer just filled with the beer he wants. He starts crossing the street and he gets hit by a bus. Bus driver is masked. Yes, and the bus driver uses his windshield wipers to wipe our hero off of the bus. Now he's just in a puddle and now somebody has thrown him away in a recycling bin. He's muddy. He's in very bad shape. And he can see from his trash can position a giant billboard of Bud Light and a single tear rolls down. Did an actual tear roll down? Well, water. Oh, water. I didn't even notice that. So now he's making his way back to his actual apartment. The cardboard cutout is. I said I wouldn't narrate this whole thing. Here we are. We're almost there. I guess it's more uh, engrossing than I than I thought. I told you. I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. So now he's in his own apartment building, which raises a question. You just start to think. Wait a second, though. Who lives here? You, the cardboard cutout, or the human being? That well, you represent. You know, they are, they both are Derpy Guy. They are. And now he just gets to the door of his apartment. And who's there but real life Derpy Guy? Where, wearing the exact same outfit. Wearing the exact same outfit. And he's holding a Bud Light. He seems confused. The cardboard cutout you is eyeing yes. the Bud Light in his hand. Touchdown, Giants! <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now go ahead, Vee. So the real life guy has now 
cut out a cardboard Bud Light, which he has taped to his cardboard doppelganger. Kind of near his hand. Kind of near his hand. I like the way it's not perfect. Right. It's just like, it's you just know, so you would good. do. Yes. And now they're all watching. Now he and their friends are all watching Giants games. Now, I assume that all these people don't live together and some of them maybe should be wearing masks, but maybe this just their bubble of five friends. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yes. Now he's celebrating with his cardboard cutout and says, when you really want your favorite beer, there's a Bud Light there. I love that commercial it's such, so much. It's I was so hanging. brilliant. Now, the thing is, I wonder how they'll cut it down to be a 30-seconder. Like, it really worked for me. It felt like a TV event, not something that we were looking forward to, just that happened and it was yeah. this two minute commercial we did not know where it was going we yes. could not feel and ourselves we, i kept thinking like oh i thought when he was in the trash can at first i thought oh he's got he found it in the in the bowels of the stadium yeah Great. 30 second commercial over. commercial over yeah. oh no it's a minute long commercial he's in the trash can and he's sad because he's looking at a billboard mm-hmm. and then act three starts and now we're going to an apartment yeah yep it's a really good commercial. It, by the way, just to keep with our theme of um, letting people from Twitter weigh in on these, um, let's see. Kathy Lee says, if you haven't seen this commercial, pl- not not famous Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> let's assume Just so not. you know, this is somebody, I, I would give the Twitter handle, but it's like a bunch of letters and numbers that don't really add up to much. But if you haven't seen this commercial, please watch it here. Beats any Super Bowl commercial of all time. I was with you until all time. I think I need to examine that statement a little bit. But it is Super Bowl quality. I can't believe that they put that in the middle of a Browns game. That is shocking. It was a national broadcast of a Browns game, not a local. Well, obviously not a local one. But but. honestly, like, no offense, but, like, that was a predetermined route of a game. Like, what do you think that... Like of all the national, I games knew it was going to be predetermined because I'm a Browns fan, and I just knew that Baker was going to be bad in that game. But I think people were were really looking forward to that game because mm-hmm. it was it's a divisional rivalry. Right. The Browns actually were four and one for the first time since uh, the premiere of Friends in 1994. So it's kind of like wow, there'll <laughs> finally trivia, be folks. So there'll finally be like a good matchup here, and that's why it was a nationally broadcast game. So anyway, um, then you got this from Tioni Taylor who says this commercial took two minutes. To basically show us why it's horrible being a fan cut out in the stadium but if you have a chance of becoming but if you tweet it you have a chance of becoming one yourself i didn't realize that there's a tie-in oh i see there's a little contest right and so this person is saying if i am i the only one feeling disconnected the message doesn't match the promo the promo is you can make yourself a cardboard cutout but then look how terrible life is for a cardboard cutout. That's Tioni's. I was just trying to be fair and balanced. Tioni, did you watch the whole commercial? Yeah. Because first of all. It has a happy ending. It has a happy ending. And secondly, it has nothing to do with whether or not it's bad to be a fan cutout. It has to do with whether people and or their cardboard doppelgangers enjoy Bud Light to the exclusion of all other interests. That's right. And I would say it makes that point quite well. That's right. I think that's a fantastic commercial. Yeah. I actually think it's really good as an ad and as a little movie. You know what? Block Tioni yeah, right Tione, now. I blocked. I you blocked. You know what? I'm just going to mute her just in case you ever text. On my last at me. nerve. Uh, by the way, these are just total randos. Uh, I want to make that very clear. <laughs> no, I have no I idea who these I people are. It's Tione. just a bit. Tioni's um, entitled to her opinion. Now, speaking of just a bit, now we get into. So those are three big commercials that are kind of everybody's talking about, right? The um, John Goodman one, the Die Hard, and the Bud Light. Those are kind of premier commercials that everybody's buzzing about. Um, now we're getting into just like people seeing random commercials and commenting on them. And this is my favorite. Like, I don't. I hope this isn't too mean, but there is a commercial, like you know, a, a prescription drug commercial, 
that hits all the usual beats for something called Prolia, which is an osteoporosis medication. Of course, if you have weak bones, uh, you are susceptible to major damage to your body if you fall. And so the whole point of this commercial is you see... Um, You'll shatter like a frozen Terminator. People of a certain age, mostly women, in this commercial coming very close to falling will see... A um, we'll see. I think a woman who's at a little league game as a spectator uh, almost get hit by a ball, or somebody almost run. A kid almost runs into her, and and then the screen will freeze. It is a bit of a comedy of errors. Yes, and then the screen will freeze and be like, "Are you ready for this accident to happen?" And the whole point of this is, you go through life, you're gonna get, you're gonna get bruised from time to time. Bad things are gonna happen, but we're gonna help you have strong bones, so it isn't catastrophic, which is a good message. But I. I just liked that somebody had an issue with two of the characters in this commercial. This is by somebody called At Laser Powered. By the way, uh, the description of At Laser Powered is sign design and installation, bass player, well-spoken buffoon. So that's the um, bio of this Twitter user. And um, he says, have you seen this commercial for Prolia, the bone strength medication. These two walking disasters can barely handle this farmer's market without falling all over everything. We really shouldn't let these two go anywhere together. And he's focusing in on two women. I can't even really tell what the relationship here is. I was baffled. I thought friends or family. I thought they were mother and daughter because one, although that doesn't make sense for them to both be you know, suffering from osteoporosis. It is interesting casting. They could be friends. They could be They could be a couple, but one woman does look significantly older than the other, but that could also just be because her hair is gray and it's yeah, the maybe way I'm, she styled herself. Maybe I'm herself. reading too much into the gray hair of one lady. Yeah. So anyway, there's various scenarios in this commercial, but just to watch, knowing that um, Laser Powered is really irritated by these two women who specifically are at this farmer's market and keep They are on, pretty clumsy. They keep on almost tripping over or yes. they trip over things and then the one will catch the other one it's like why are you guys walking I actually disasters? think they can't be allowed to go out without each other yeah good point now might not be the best time to ask yourself are my bones strong life's full Here's of make or break market. moments that's why it's so important to help reduce your risk of fracture with Prolia okay so the two clumsy ladies one of them they're having their uh, picture taken by somebody else which I appreciate um, they hand their phone to a stranger and say, please take our picture. They don't do a selfie, which is interesting. But then they back up for the photo and the one almost trips over a rug and falls. But uh, her friend is there to catch her. Only Prolia is proven to help strengthen and protect bones from fracture with one shot every six months. Do not take Prolia if you have low blood calcium. Here they are again. Are allergic to it or take They're just wandering around the flea market. Oh, here comes somebody. somebody. Oh, oh, no, they almost run into something. <laughs> that, what we saw there was like a um, Three Stooges movie where somebody is walking with a carpet over his shoulder and they almost uh, just walk right into it. Do you want to go to a flea market? I know. So Remember bad. flea markets? Yeah. Itching or hives have happened. Tell your doctor about dental problems. She goes, oh, well, what can you say? She kind of does a little shrug there. Yeah, I'm clumsy. I will say Prolia, I listened to this commercial earlier and this commercial has to go on a really long time so we see many more examples of people almost coming to serious harm because the list of side effects is gargantuan it is i feel like there's three main things going on here you have the older couple who are at the little league game and right. they keep on almost tripping over baseballs but not and a kid almost runs into her and he doesn't 
Uh, then you have the two clumsies at the flea market. And yep. now we're introduced in the very final act of this commercial. We're introduced to two new characters. An older woman who is sitting on a porch swing. Grandma um, and granddaughter. That is, yeah, it's literally like kind of hanging from the porch ceiling. And the, the grandma is on the swing reading a book. The granddaughter runs up to her and jumps on the swing. And then in that moment, we see a rope that is holding. Why are you holding up a finger? No, I'm just saying, like, because the... the oh, be, oh, you the just chain, want to finish my thought. The okay. chain that's holding up one side of the porch swing, like, jerks, jerks out of the ceiling and almost dumps them on the ground. Yes, and then the, that's where the commercial ends. It's like a gift that ends too soon. <laughs> it's like you see a close-up, because it's not a chain, it's a rope. And so, like, two of the main threads of the rope, boing! almost break and then yeah. the third one will it hold or won't it and the commercial i believe ends with a close-up of the older woman's face like get ready for this yeah real cliffhangers and severe bone joint or muscle pain here it comes are you ready ask your doctor are you ready and she's kind of given the derpy uh giants guy look at the end there yeah could that would have be. been amazing if they had just put that face in there. <laughs> I don't know that this is a good show. I feel like I'm just like playing all these commercials that I have to over describe. I don't know if that's our. I don't know. Should we start over? Should we do different commercials? This Let's just week? start over. I'm sorry, guys. Thanks for continuing with us. <laughs> um, anyway, Laser Powered says that um, these two walking disasters can barely handle. And again, I always. I'm always a little leery to poke too much fun at people in med commercials these days because, you know, people in the listening audience might struggle with some of these real world issues. We've had people write in at times. Look, some of my best friends are clumsy. Yeah, that's and true. there's nothing wrong with it. That's true. But I'm I will make fun of them. Okay, how about this? Somebody was, how about this? Somebody was tweeting, um, let's see, this person goes by Andalat. Oh, you know what? No joke, Genevieve. This person is a furry. I, for all these people who I was trying to like kind of glean a little information, a little dazzling details of. Yeah, I'm um, dazzled. I couldn't figure out what their, you know, you have your handle, but then you can change what your actual name is on right. Twitter. And it was something long and confusing. So I went to their profile and it turns out they're just like way into furry culture. And I think they write, um, they have a Patreon for some sort of furry fanfic that they write. So Interesting. If you see How any, much did you give? Well, I, you know, whatever it costs. But I just want you to know <laughs> I did it for the show. Um, but what this person writes is, I've seen this Rice Krispies ballet commercial at least three times in the past hour. It's nothing but sweet and wholesome. And boys, of course, boys in ballet is basically my whole shtick, says this person. Have you seen this commercial I before have, in the this, wild? I have. So Rice Krispies has a whole kind of campaign where kids are going into a circumstance that they're nervous about. Oh, really? Yeah, there's another one where like a little kid, I can't remember if it's a boy or a girl, is in the locker room getting ready for, so they have their football pads on. Oh, okay. And they get a like a little note from the, like written on the Rice Krispies. And this is the whole gambit, right? Is that Rice Krispies puts a little white space on their um, on their packaging and the parent in the shape can, of a heart I believe yes and the parent can write a little note to the kid so you can like throw it in their lunch bag how sad for the school. kid who gets it and the heart is empty but yeah a problem for another day um, so anyway they it have, just says clean your room when you get home that's what yeah, my parents would have written right um, you know what you did yeah. um, there's so there's a whole there's a whole campaign of these there's a whole series of these where kids are in a situation where they're feeling nervous or they're feeling a little, um, you know, anxious about something. And the the note from the parent gives them a little extra, you know, courage or, or reassurance or something. So this is a little boy 
who's so cute, who walks into his ballet class. And it's a little unclear why he's so nervous. I mean, I think we're, we're meant to interpret it as like, oh, boys and ballet. It's a... Yeah, like he wants to do it, but he's literally the only boy in the class. Yeah, you but is it his first... Ba- I sort of got first, first day vibes. Class? Yeah. Okay. And so the little boy is walking in the class, and they kind of make it clear that he's the only boy in the class. And, you know, nobody's bullying him or anything, no. but he just feels very sheepish. And while other people are kind of warming up on the bar, he just kind of slinks into the corner and sits down on the floor. Then he sets down the Rice Krispie Treat. We see something's written on it. We don't know what. He sighs. Hey. Shake it, kiddo. His, his dad okay. appears. So where he set down the Rice Krispie Treat on top of his duffel bag, instead of the Rice Krispie Treat, it's his dad who's like holding himself in some sort of a pirouette, right? Uh, he's just sort of in a, like a ballet pose, yeah. but sort of awkwardly because he's a dad. And he says, shake it, kiddo. I want to pause here and just uh-huh. say, in the name of verisimilitude, this little boy is quite young. He's probably 10 at the most. And... They're, they show dancers in this class who are on point, which if this is his first class, there's just a huge mismatch here. Like nobody starts their mm. ballet career on point. And I, boy, men, male dancers don't ever go on point. What if he was a, what if he, uh, you know, was into ballet at another school and okay. he's moved to a new neighborhood sure, and listening. now this is his first time at this class. He's the new kid oh. and he's already sort of a fish out of water because sure. of gender constructs and the way that. Um, most boys uh, don't go into ballet. I mean, many do. In fact, our friend Gus, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he was in ballet for a long time. But It's a great sport, or, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a sport, but it's a great uh, physical activity for, for anyone who cares about athletics. But I'm just, having done a fair amount of dance, you wouldn't know what to look at. No, that's what this is about. Jesus Christ. You wouldn't know what to look at me, but I did do it. Right. I actually did get on point as a young dancer. Sorry, black swan. And yes, and I was the black swan. And I don't really know what that means. I haven't seen the movie. Well, it it means I got very hot and heavy with... with uh, oh, no. <laughs> what's her name? I don't know, but I'm interested <laughs> with in that knowing. girl from that 70s show. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so anyway... I'm th- just saying, like, a little bit of dance reality would be nice here. All right, well, doctor it up, then. What are you doing here? No, what do you it's fine. Do? Just take the point shoes out. Okay, so anyway, um, so the point is, that, and does this happen in all the commercials? The the note on the Rice Krispie Treat is momentarily replaced with the actual human being, the parent who I, wrote the I want to say yes, I couldn't swear to it, but yeah. It's okay. this, basically the same story. Shake it, kiddo. Hmm? <laughs> Love Dad. Oh. He eats his Rice Krispie Treat. All the female dancers are jealous because they're not allowed to have sugar. Yeah. And he says, I got this. It does seem weird. Like, you're going to start your your dance practice but with eating a dessert? Oh, a little carbs, a little sugar. Need some energy. What's the best note you ever got in your lunch bag when you were a kid? Do you have an answer to that question? Because I do. I don't think I got a lot of notes. I got a good note from my dad once. It was actually long after my dad. My parents shouldn't have been packing my lunch at this point. This was in high school, I believe. But my dad got into a habit for a while there uh, during one of my high school years where he he would pack me a lunch every now and then. Um, And he's a goofball. So he would like... (laughs) He would leave notes like usually he'd leave a note on the fridge if he had packed my lunch and said, hey, lunch is in the fridge. And then like one day he wrote on the note, 
lunches behind the garage. And it happened to be during this time when it was a very small period of time, but uh, they had a house cleaner coming on certain days. And the house cleaner took Joyce, my stepmom, aside and said, why are you leaving your son's lunch behind the garage? But it was just my dad being a goofball. But right, anyway, it was in the fridge. Right. During this period during this period of time, my dad packed me. And you understand why my dad was doing this. Like, yes, I'm kind of a baby, but also he's like me. He's a putterer. Well, all I ever want to do is putter sure. around in the kitchen, right? So I'm sure my dad loved puttering around, packing a little tidy bag of food for me the next day. And he must have had some extra M&Ms like a big bag of them. And so he poured the M&Ms into a Ziploc bag and then he wrote a tiny little note in his impeccable printing handwriting, his little engineer's handwriting. He wrote, none of these M&Ms have been touched by human hands except for the one that fell on the floor. Don't eat that one. <laughs> I think about that note. I'll bet you I still have that note somewhere. In my, I think about that note all the time. I remember it being at school and laughing my ass off at that. And yet I put one, one jelly belly in my mouth and we have to throw out the whole bag. so much. That's a true story. I See, the thing is, my dad didn't really drop one of these on the floor. You Do people know this story? We fought about this on the podcast I don't before, remember. right? Really quick. And also, we weren't dating that long either. This was in a... Within our first six we, we months, we were for of dating. sure kissing. Yes, but that kissing is not the same as regurgitating food. I didn't swallow it. Ugh. We, we bought a. We went to the mall. As all good stories begin, <laughs> we went to the mall, and we went to like one of you know they have like those sort of the malls had like candy stores, and we yeah. got like a bag full of mixed Jelly Belly jelly beans, mm-hmm. and as a goof, I put one in my mouth. And then I dropped it back in the bag and like, you know, it was it became invisible in the bag. Disgusting. And Andrew was so put off that he threw away the whole bag of candy. Did I throw it away? I definitely didn't have any more. You could have eaten the rest if you I wanted to. I can't recall. To. You were you were done with it. I probably took it. but I was done with it. You were completely done with it. And I yeah, thought it was anyway. so outrageous. And Lant the Furry really likes that commercial. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> it is that. a great one. Um, I like the whole campaign. I think it's a very sweet campaign. I'm going to say a word here that I wouldn't usually accept. It's in somebody's um, handle. Uh, she goes by Amphibious Dyke. This is an LGBTQ person who um, was on Twitter. I just want to clarify that this isn't a homophobic person who's using a... a uh, that word can go both ways. Yeah, right. So anyway, um, this Twitter user says, you can tell the world is bad because twice I've seen this Old Navy commercial where they play a version of Boys by Lizzo, only it's about jeans. <laughs> now, I didn't know that I knew this song, Boys by Lizzo. Do you, do you know that song off the top of your head? Well, I do now because I went and watched the whole video, okay. which is, I want to talk about the video, honestly. The the actual video for the song Boys? I didn't yes, see that. I just you should wa- check listen. it out. It is... Um, Dirty? It's... it's sexy and dirty and i mean yes of course it's lizzo and it's there's there is a a little bit of a pearl clutcher in me that's like these boys are young yeah well i mean it's called it's called boys and it is so sexual and the the titular boys are you know they've got braces on i mean they're super young i mean nothing inappropriate happens with them but it's like it's all about the implication right but it's a great video i mean it's really amazing i highly recommend i'm actually going to put it in the um in the show sheet or in the facebook post 
But the song is amazing. So let's listen to a little bit of this is the real I song. I actually didn't know until today that this, I'd heard this Old Navy ad a million oh. times. I just had, I've, I've heard boys, but like, I my my brain just hadn't put together the fact that it was a that it's a take on a Lizzo song. Uh huh. I don't think I'd ever seen this commercial before. So this is not the commercial here. This is from Spotify. The song "Boys" by Lizzo. Like big boys, itty bitty boys, Mississippi boys, inner city boys. I like the pretty boys with the bow tie. Get your nails did, let it blow dry. I like a big beard, I like a clean face. I don't discriminate, come and get a taste. From the playboys to the gay boys, go and slay boys, you my fake boys. God, she became an instant icon, didn't she? She is so oh, powerful. She's a legend. Love her. Um, okay, so that's the actual song, but Amphibious Dyke does not like what Old Navy has done with it. What Old Navy <laughs> and, I would say, Lizzo has done with it. This, this is, is so clearly, of Montreal shit. Yeah, it really is. Well, what it is is Lizzo getting paid, and yeah. I can never no argue against that. No one's mad about that. that yeah. Here's the Old Navy commercial. Jeans for boomers and the Gen Z's Feeling trendy, y'all, with the straight jeans Showing off those curves cause you the queen I like mom jeans, like deja vu Got new jeans for the whole crew Too much denim? No such thing Everyone go slate in your old navy jeans Welcome to Denim America You know what? Is that definitely Lizzo? I don't know if it's her voice I don't know if it is The first time I, I saw this she, I thought it was I, I mean, obviously she gave her blessing right 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 there's she, no either way she got way. paid but the more i listen to that i'm not a, it might be i'm not 100 percent sure if anybody it, knows it I'm doesn't not. super sound like her to me but i'm not an expert okay some you heard that the soft drink tab is going away I right did, yeah and it was branded it was like a 1960s era um diet Soft drink. Right? I think it was. Cola. It was sort of like the first foray into diet sodas, right? But it didn't call itself diet anything. It was just tab, yeah. and it was advertised as a soda you could drink. I don't know how we're going to have a conversation about tab without talking about the Sarah Silverman show. Oh my god, you're right. The best episode of that show, and the best episode of a lot of TV ever. It is a really great. Episode. If you don't know what we're talking about, just look up tab episode of the Sarah Silverman show. That thing must be. How old do you think that is? Fifteen years old now at this point. Could that be right? I think so. Maybe not. Maybe 10. I don't know. Um, anyway, so someone someone at CD 102.5 Alternative Radio in Columbus, Ohio, tweeted out that they're going to be discussing the news that Tab is going away. And they said, we're going to pay tribute by posting this old sexist Tab commercial. And a couple of things here. First of all, when I read that, I thought it said sexiest Tab commercial. <laughs> And I watched the whole thing through, and I was just like, that's not sexy. That's sexist. And then I was like, oh, yeah, What's no. What's wrong that's... with being sexy? <laughs> yeah. No, it's sexist. Um, it, uh, on YouTube, this is labeled as a 1970s commercial. I'm quite sure this is a 1960s commercial. And it is interesting. We see a man alone at work. It's almost looking like he's working late into the night, although I'm not sure if that's just I the I think that's the implication. I, um, I think it's the implication is he's away from his lady for a long time, but um, she wants to be memorable to him in these long nights. Now, the weird thing is, is now we're cutting, we cut away from him, or we actually kind of fade away from him, 
into images of women walking. Like, I don't think it's the same woman, or am I wrong about that? It's hard to tell because women are super interchangeable in this world. Yeah, there's one woman who I'll tell you is, what, they're, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely for sure all white. Yes. And you see one woman who's walking alone through kind of a park, kind of in the distance, and um, then you see another woman. super skinny. Yep, and you see another woman, and she is with a uh, young girl, probably her daughter, and they're doing some sort of art lesson in the woods. Oh, yeah, and then there's a third woman who's kind of in a tie-dyed dress, but not too hippie-ish. But they all are very much of a type, which is yeah. very slender, tall, blonde women. And so basically, this guy's at work, and then we see his, his attention sort of drift away for a moment. Then we start to see the images of these women while this voiceover occurs. When you can't be There's no Are we getting punked? I looked around it a little bit. It seems like, like how could this be I real? I feel like we're getting punked, that somebody went and made this fake commercial. But it looks very real, and it's posted in a lot of places. It's, I saw that Ad Week. Did I already mention this on the show, or is this before the show? Ad Week had something yeah. written about it, but I couldn't get past the paywall. Right. Well, I could have, but I... I mean, we choose not to. Um, I guess I believe it's real only because everything is terrible and always has been. Like, uh, that's not exactly what my mind sticker should be saying. <laughs> Your shape with tab, be a tab shape. I gotta say, I wish, good Lord, like we've been working under the same roof for seven months now. Couldn't you be a mind sticker? Go somewhere else so you can stick in my mind, Genevieve. <laughs> Jesus. Um... By the way, Andrew, <laughs> am I still beautiful? <laughs> Genevieve's now harassing me. She follows me around the house. Did we already talk about this? I don't Probably know. Not. I can't remember. Genevieve follows me around the house, leans up against a door jam, and says, Am I still beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> and she forces me to look at her. She won't continue until I have, she has my full attention. That uh, tab commercial is unreal. I mean, and. Like the fact that it could be, I mean, I I think it's real. I don't have, I don't think we have have any evidence that it's not. It's just astounding. Astounding that that was seen as like not, not grotesque. It says nothing about how it tastes. It has nothing about the experience. It says it tastes better than the other Diet Cola. Oh, that That's is true. the Coca-Cola oh, promise. Okay, you're right. Then it couldn't have been the first Diet Soda then, I guess. You're right. I guess it wasn't, but I mean, it was among the first. Yeah. Um, anyway, let me move on here, uh, if you don't mind. I don't think we have to 
do we have to play the Casper the Ghost Geico Ween commercial? I guess we haven't played it in a while. Yeah, it's only 30 it. seconds. Play it. So we've mentioned this several times recently. I think I even brought it up um, uh, last episode that Geico has a whole bunch of Halloween themed commercials and they're they're built- yeah you had a really full throated defense of Geico Ween. well I would say half throated but um, like in the future I could see Geico Ween being successful well, they got to up their game on right. the actual commercials some Truck-tober, of them are good. they're coming for you some of them aren't yeah exactly um, this is one of the worst of the batch it's like a couple at home and they're sitting down to watch TV and then they learn that Casper the annoying ghost I'm sorry Casper the friendly ghost who is very annoying annoying is living <laughs> with them actually it's indicated that this is a new house too huh look there are some moving boxes i think in the foreground well they've moved into it yeah okay here we go you can't believe it what that our new house is haunted by casper the friendly ghost hey jill hey kurt <gasps> movies oh. i'll get snacks <laughs> no i can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance with geico i got snacks Ooh, I got popcorn, I got caramel corn, I got kettle corn. Okay, here's one thing that pisses me off about this. Um, Casper the Annoying Ghost comes with one of those uh, popcorn buckets that is divided into three. Mm, and already one of the them is popcorn. clearly cheese, but he says, I've got popcorn, I got kettle corn. He, he lists three things that aren't traditionally, usually it's caramel, popcorn, and cheese corn in those things. Well, kettle corn is sweet. Yes, so but it it's might... different than than caramel corn. I don't. Yeah. I think you'd usually have a traditional, a caramel, and a cheese. You can get lots of different styles. All right, fine. Take the ghost side again. I got caramel corn. I got kettle corn. Right, right. But you see that he's got cheese corn. There's no yeah. doubt that that one is the cheese corn. He doesn't mention it. That's true. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. Am I too loud? Believe it. Anyway, stupid commercial. Uh, but what's not stupid is what Alex, a historian. That's at Alex A. Historian um, says on Twitter, I just have to say, I think it would be really cool if Casper the Friendly Ghost haunted my house. We would have a lot to talk about. We'd make such good friends. (laughs) I kind of like that somebody's getting some pleasure from that. Someone is Team Casper. Um, Genevieve, you would be unsurprised to know that the vast majority of conversations about commercials here on October 20th, 2020 were about... uh, political commercials, Trump commercials, Biden commercials, and obviously I'm not getting into all of that. Um, Although, can I just tell you one thing as an aside that I think is kind of interesting, at least relevant to a conversation you and I were having on Sunday without the listeners, but we'll bring them along. Um, There was a Biden ad that we saw on Sunday that um, featured a small, well, I don't know if it was a small club i guess a bar owner called the blind pig somewhere and it's in ann arbor michigan and you were even interested like where is this where is this blind pig um and it's like kind of a testimonial saying that like you know this coronavirus and the shutdown has been really hard on small businesses we need especially small venues uh, yeah biden to to you know help us get out of this morass and rebuild and you were very interested in like oh i wonder where that exact bar is it's a common name for a bar you homed in on it and it was um in in as you said michigan today a big headline that i saw and only in like conservative media is that guy who was portrayed as oh poor club owner is like independently wealthy because like 
he's on the record. He'd been interviewed like a couple of years ago when he came into a whole bunch of wealth through some sort of inheritance and he became like an angel investor, Mm -hmm. which I don't think really takes away the point of like whatever. He started a club and the club is struggling. But of course, like the Daily Caller, which, by the way, I was reading this article and the Daily Caller gave me. That thing is so toxic. It gave me a pop up that said, you want to get notifications? And I meant to hit no. And I think I accidentally hit yes. So far, I have not gotten any Daily Caller updates, but let's pray. We're going to have to get an exorcist. I know. I know. But anyway, I just thought I'd give you that update on that guy. Um, How dare he inherit wealth? Right. I mean, they love they love inheriting they love wealth, inheriting wealth. Yeah. until somebody they don't like has it. Anyway, that was just bullshit. But anyway, um, there is one political ad that I'm going to play for you. And you've already seen this because you said you did click through all the show sheet stuff. I'm wondering what your opinion is if this is too. I have an opinion. Yeah, I had a feeling you would not like this. But this is um, uh, two fellas who are running for governor in Utah, a Republican uh, whose name is Spencer Cox and Chris Peterson. By the way, Spencer Cox's Twitter bio says, was governor of Utah for one glorious hour. I meant to look up what that meant. Something must have happened. Something happened. <laughs> that, that he had taken. But he seems to have, a, you know, again, he's a Republican. I don't know what he stands for in a lot of issues. I didn't go into his specific platform, but chances are I do not agree with this guy on most things. Um, Chris Peterson is apparently the Democrat and together, but it sounds like it was the Republican Spencer Cox's idea because of the way he wrote about this, that this was his idea to release. Yeah, you can tell they're on the run. This uh, um, this commercial. So we see the two candidates. They are both standing in a in front of a white background, um, six feet apart, but presumably together. It has a very... Hey, um, guess what else is white in this ad? <laughs> both of the candidates um, and both of their shirts. Maybe that's what you're going for there. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, they're standing kind of far apart and you know, opposite sides of the frame. Yeah, for, and I also think like they're, they're maybe distanced, socially yeah, distanced. Yeah, socially distanced, I think is the kind of the point, but also probably like, hey, listen, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. Sure. It, this definitely has a um, sort of I'm a Mac, I'm a PC vi- visual vibe or right. almost a John Oliver vibe in its production value of very, sometimes John Oliver will go to things, I think, where he's just in front of a white background. Am I making that up? Oh, I don't associate it with him as much, but yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's simple. It's just the two guys. The guy on the left is the Dem- is the Democrat. The guy on the right is the Republican. They've got the blue tie, the red tie. It's all signified. Yes, and the rest. And if uh, you sw- and if you did the face swap app on them, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Well, one is r- completely bald. The other is. I know that that's not part of the face, but I mean, the bald is not part of the face. That's true. I'm Chris Peterson, and I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in the final days of campaigning against each other to be your next governor. And while I think you should vote for me... Yeah, but but really you should vote for me. There are some things we both agree on. We can debate issues without degrading each other's character. We can disagree without hating each other. And win or lose in Utah, we work together. So let's show the country that there's a better way. My name's Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. And we we approve approve this message. And this is Stand United. Um, and you, I take a hate this from all Look, of the gesturing you were doing I during this. I am so happy for Utah that everyone gets along so swimmingly. That's delightful. This is so outrageous to me that like, I mean, fine, Utah, do, what, do whatever you feel. And, and I think, you know, in a perfect world, there would be more, you know, opportunities to work across the aisle and agree to disagree and have you know compromise but it just infuriates me particularly knowing that this was sort of the love you know the the brainchild or the whatever 
of the of the Republican that what we have lived through, not just for the last four years, but for like decades now, the vilification and the absolute destruction of political norms that has come from the right to be finger wagged at as a as someone on the left, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> there was at the very first opening game of the NFL there was a moment of just unity where um, the all of the player because of, because of you know all of the conversation about race relations in the United States, especially after George Floyd's death, and then how the NFL ties into that with the people taking a, a, a knee to um, kind of protest the abuse of power that police have and killing black people and all of that. Um, the way that they decided they would try to approach this would be let's all just stand out in the middle of the field and lock arms together and avoid all of the trappings um, that will tune people off and let's just stand there for unity for 10, 15 awkward seconds. And a bunch of people in the crowd booed. You're like, who are those people? They're you. They're you. Like the you're booing the idea of of unity here. It's just like a all this is is two people standing there on the same platform saying we're not gonna we're not gonna call each other names. We need to bring some civility back I'm to I'm happy this. for them, but this is not representative. They're not representing. They're saying we don't. We want to bring civility back. That's what they're saying. Like I, you want something so much more than this, but you are so entrenched in your hatred of the right that I'm you can't saying, even. You can't even not get super angry. You have to say fuck them. Literally fuck them for just saying we want to try to bring some civility back to politics. How can you be against bringing civility back to politics? Because this isn't a civil time. These people, like the 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 political homogeneity in Utah, is you know like unparalleled like i'll be interested when i see somebody standing with someone who doesn't look exactly like them to have to have that conversation but i don't see that i see two people who probably aren't that far apart in their basic positions like even democrats in utah are pretty conservative mm. it is and that is like i mean now is not the time to be kumbaya now is the time to fight I agree with you that I don't like people to paste over real issues by pretending like things are equal at, at all times. But I hear you talk, somebody who I agree with you on, on so many political things, and I realize the country will never get better. Because if you, if you think, if you take this as an attack on you in some way or some, some sort of a, you're so angry about a 30-second spot where two men who, yes, they're both white men, and there is some, there's a conversation to be had there. But the fact that you see this as somehow offensive means that, we're never going to get better. Like, I agree with you on most political things, but, like, you're showing major uncivil discourse over something that is just encouraging disc civil discourse. Like, that is the only message of this. Is like, we're going to try to be more civil in our politics. I don't understand how you all of the baggage you bring to this, you, you reject that message. I just don't know that civility is the highest good right now. Yeah. Um, and that's, that seriously makes me worried about, about the future. I don't, I don't think. And, you know, I do think part of this, this is a quote that goes through my head all the time that I think about as a political science person who said one of the huge problems is the other side. All, everybody, and I've looked at myself, I do this all the time, but everybody thinks they're losing. And, and that's going to be the hardest thing to ever kind of come together on anything is both sides thinks they're just getting slaughtered. In, in whatever the battle is. And because of that, everything is an offense. Well, if we take the Senate and the White House, I will not say that we are losing. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear what they're saying. 
I got this voicemail from Maggie, who was just, this is an interesting voicemail, I think, because she was just like thinking about the power of advertising and sort of how it manifested itself in uh, her own family. Um, so here, let's take a listen to this. Sorry, I'm stalling because the software is being funny. <laughs> Hi, Andrew and Genevieve. Uh, my name is Maggie. I'm calling from outside of Philadelphia. And I have a story about the power of advertising that is not quite a reenactment, but it is a story about the power of advertising for small children. When my son was three, he's now 17, when he was three, and my younger son was a tiny baby, uh, I let the three-year-old play on some toddler games on the computer while I got the little baby to sleep. When I came down from getting the baby down for his nap, my seven, now 17-year-old, then three-year-old, turned to me and said, Mom, we need to buy Charmin. And I said, do you even know what Charmin is? I don't know, but it sure made that butt bear's butt look clean. <laughs> so uh, we had a little conversation about the goal of advertising and that we didn't need to buy Charmin just because it made the bear's butt clean. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye. Now, the question, though, is did you buy the Charmin? It sounds like we didn't. You know, boy, I'm getting old. This is a story about... Um, Are those bears Those bears been around that long? Couple of things going on here. Yes, and also, I mean, this, this is going to really make me sound ancient and, and out of touch, but, like, this is a story about a 17-year-old, something that happened to him when he was, like, three years old, and it's like, yeah, he was playing on the computer. It's like, wow, teenagers, well, it's obvious. It's just like the idea of having a computer when you're three years old and now this kid is already 17 years old. It yeah, really seems, it's incredible. I still think of computers as, what's the word? New. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we are both old enough to remember living in a house without a computer and what it was like to get a computer. Not an yeah. internet computer, a yeah, computer. Yeah, just a computer, computer. Did you ever have a computer in your home growing up? I did, you yeah. You did? We had like, a Tandy. Did you play Oregon Trail? Yeah, um... We definitely, I definitely played Oregon Trail at school. I don't remember if it was a program that we had on the home computer. It, our home computer may have been not powerful enough for it. What did you do on it? Do you remember? Um, I word processed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you have a printer, one of those dot matrix things? Dot matrix. Did you make banners? We made some banners. We were big on banners yeah, in uh, banner. Mrs. Smith's fourth grade Taking class. Off. What I love to do is like take off the little, mm-hmm. you know, the, the little circle, the little edges. Mm-hmm. You know, they perforated and you come off and then you make like a little snake with them by folding. Did you know how to do that? Oh, yeah. Like a little accordion snake? A little accordion yeah, snake. Yeah, nobody knows how accordions work. It's a, <laughs> it's a piano. <laughs> you squeeze it. That's a, tw- that's a t- Twitter joke. Yeah, look it up. Um, anyway, okay. So uh, thank you for that, Maggie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was very cute. Um, I also like that use of the voicemail line, too. You can just call in and share your thoughts, yeah, too. You absolutely. don't always have to sing a jingle. Um, this is an email we got from Amber who says, Hey, love the pod. Andrew said um, head on several times recently. Just like the phrase head on, I guess. It reminds me of the head on applied directly to the forehead commercials from the early 2000s. Uh, it was a topical headache reliever. Not sure if it was a regional ad or if you each saw it in your respective hometowns. Now, I should say we have talked about this on the show before yeah, it's, briefly. It's, it's been, been a really long time though. Well, but it's played more. It certainly aired more recently than the early 2000s. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen it recently. It still airs. And this is an interesting tactic. They have three head-on commercials here uh, all in a row. I'm going to play the first one for you. So they're all like 10 seconds long, just inner 
like in, interstitial commercials that will pop up often late at night, yep. I feel like, right? Probably because people when are When the airtime like, is cheap. Airtime is cheap. You're up late at night drinking alone. You're going to have a headache in the morning. And so instead of taking pills, they want you to take this thing that looks like a glue stick and rub it directly on your forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Available at Walgreens. <laughs> it's completely unclear. I think it's for headaches, but you wouldn't know it from that ad. No, that's a good point. It's just like apply directly to the forehead. For They're not what? making any false claims. I guess that's true. <laughs> They're just saying put it on your forehead. Yeah. See what happens, bub. <laughs> see what happens. And the image is is interesting. It's like a just a woman rubbing this glue stick on her forehead, and in the background they have like just a plain blue background that's kind of like Tron or something. Just like yeah, some lines going off to the distance. Cheapo digital background. Yeah. Okay, I want to play another one. This one is going to sound exactly like that one. This is the second one. In the series. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Available at Walgreens. So it's now, identical except for the, the instead of the blue background, it's green. Yes, and I think there might be a small difference here. Is it uh, maybe one is uh, more powerful than the other? I, I could be totally wrong I about that. I think it's that. just a different scent. May, okay, okay. Now, here's what I love about this. Whoever put this YouTube uh video up here's the third commercial it's 10 seconds long and after watching those first two you just feel the writers in the writer's room just being like yes i get to flex a little bit here i get to write something from the makers of head on introducing activon arthritis pain activon apply directly where it hurts Activon Arthritis, available at Walgreens. They're like, I get to do some real writing, ma. I guess so. I mean, it feels very, also like you can hear the edits. Yeah, very I know. Hard I love it. Yes. It's so choppy. Yeah. Um, okay. So I mentioned this at the top of the show. We played this Pierce County. Of course, Pierce County is a county here in Washington State, very near us, Tacoma, right? Um, they have a pro wearing your mask video out now for coronavirus times. And it's kind of done in this kind of cutesy, almost two-dimensional um, animation style that's kind of like somewhere between South Park and a, a Twee Visit Oregon ad, yes. sort of. And in this commercial, you have a Sasquatch, because it's the Pacific Northwest. Everything has to be Sasquatch-related. And it's walking around the woods, and it keeps on running into a photographer right am i remembering this yep. right it's an animated photographer who is not wearing a mask and uh, the photographer keeps on trying to take pictures of the sasquatch and then it just gets really confusing here the northwest resides the legendary masquatch masquatch okay so far i'm with you he's wearing a mask he's wearing a mask masquatch wordplay okay physical distancing comes naturally to the masquatch but he remains. I didn't I never notice noticed. that last time. He's the Masquatch is in the woods watching TV, and on TV is a cartoon um, signifier for Tiger King. When was so? This was posted in September, not all that long ago. Um, but the like Tiger King is almost synonymous with the beginning yes. of COVID. It was like the first like lockdown media. Uh, 
obsession, right, for yeah. our country. So that's kind of a funny joke, although it almost feels a little dated already, but I'll take it. So they just show the Sasquatch chilling on some couch somewhere, uh, watching TV in the woods, and I do like that he's watching uh, Tiger King. Naturally to the Masquatch, but he remains vigilant for he never knows when man might encroach on his territory. Now, what we see here is the photographer pops up out of the bushes, takes a bunch of photos of the Sasquatch. The photographer is not wearing a mask. Um, the Sasquatch freaks out and runs backwards, and then on the screen we see that he ran six feet back because he wants to uh, keep social distance. Though the Masquatch finds the outside world strange and even troublesome, he is a responsible beast. Now here's where things get confusing. On a stump in the middle of the woods, there is a bottle of some sort of liquid that we assume is hand sanitizer just sitting there in the middle of the woods, and then we see the Sa Sasquatch or the Masquatch slowly walk up and drop what looks like a roll of paper towels next to it, but I guess we're supposed to think this is toilet paper because... Oh, I think it looks like toilet paper. Okay, it looks like toilet paper? Okay. So he drops a thing of toilet paper down there, and again, you sort of feel like, okay, Tiger King, toilet paper, like these are all things that were happening at the beginning, yeah. but like, but why is the Sasquatch adding toilet paper to this stump where hand sanitizer is. Who put the hand sanitizer there? Was it the Sasquatch? And then the um, maskless photographer walks up to the stump. Whose instinct is to protect others. You can be a legend too. Mask up, Pierce County. And then that's it. At the very, very end, we see the, we see the um, maskless photographer back in his studio somewhere and we see he's hung up the photos of the Sasquatch but none of them really came out well it's just like a foot and he's behind a tree so it's the typical scenario of I didn't get a good photo of the Sasquatch but it's just unclear like who what does this photographer represent yeah who's the photographer but my big question is why is the Sasquatch putting toilet paper down next to a stump is he trying to trap the photographer <laughs> I don't know what's going on Jenna can you help hi this is Jenna from Puyallup. I was... Hey, is Puyallup in Pierce County? It might be. Calling to say that on the Sasquatch ad, where you lose the toilet paper by the hand sanitizer, to me, the first thing I thought was he's luring the anti-maskers over to the hand sanitizer by placing... The bait. Ooh, so I like this Placing the toilet paper because, like what Genevieve said, it's hard to get during the pandemic. So they'll come over to the toilet paper and then be <laughs> tricked, I guess, into using hand sanitizer. I think it would have made more sense if there was a mask there because that's what we really yes. need. But. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, love you guys. Bye. It's. I think it's as strong a theory as any. And the idea of putting a mask there yeah, makes a lot more would be, sense. Would be better. What would that make Jenna? An ad doctor. <laughs> doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. Uh, congratulations, Jenna. I think that's the first honorary ad doctor Indeed. we've had. Yes, uh, an, ad, from... an honorary ad doctor. <laughs> an honorary ad doctorate. <laughs> hey, it's jingle time. Ad council. It's jingle time. Hey, Andrew and Genevieve. It's listener Lauren in Jacksonville. 
I have been thinking about calling with the shingle forever and keep forgetting. And then tonight I was listening to the latest and thought, hey, it's time. So um, we all remember the 90s when drinking shakes was the best way to drop in the LBs. And we had um, commercials for Slim Fast and commercials for who the heck knows what else. But there was one um, a pretty remarkable product that was essentially just carnation instant breakfast because I bought some and tried it and it does not work. Um, it was called Dynatrim and it had this real awesome jingle with like some really happy women <laughs> doing, you know, aerobic activities and looking really happy and then measuring their weight with, um, you know, a tape measure just like you do <laughs> on a, you know, Tuesday. Anyway, here's how the jingle went. Come on and lose that weight. Get your body slim. Lose yourself in the taste of new Donna Trim. Lose yourself in the taste. And let me tell you, it tasted uh, pretty much like garbage. Um, might as well drink some quick or some carnation instant breakfast. Because you're going to love it in an instant. <laughs> you snuck another one in. And much more accurate. All right. That's all I've got. Um, Gosh, I wish I had a like a good ending for this message. How about um, we'll be right back? <laughs> uh, do you remember this commercial for Dynatrim? I don't. I remember Carnation Instant Breakfast pretty well, which I actually would definitely uh, have again. Carnation Instant Breakfast. I think that was the tune. We drank that at home, yeah. but I don't think that was supposed to be good for you, It wasn't supposed right? to be good for you. It was yeah. just like a way to get, you know, I mean, it was probably... Calories for breakfast. Calories for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, it probably was, I probably had a lot of sugar, but it probably also had a fair amount of protein. I remember, yeah, we had, we would have the chocolate flavored vanilla and oh, I think there was a strawberry I loved a too. carnation, a chocolate carnation yeah. breakfast. Yeah, God. Roly poly Andy as a little kid, like drinking his breakfast, just like... Carb low. I don't know. Is that carb or whatever it is? Just it basically was just loading. like chocolate milk. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, okay. So let's listen to this Dynatrim commercial. I was going to say this is from 1991, according to YouTube, and I didn't think I remembered this until I saw the commercial. And you see, one thing I like about this is, yes, it's focused at women, and you see a lot of like really trim-looking women about town and like kind of dresses that are kind of form-fitting um, to show what good of shape they're in, but then they are bumping up against people who are not happy with their shape, including a bunch of men who are kind of like, there's a moment in this that when I saw it, I realized, oh, I do remember this commercial because a skinny woman is leaving a building and right as a, a, a roly-poly guy, or a guy really, I should say, like kind of a, a an average-looking man with like a big beer gut in a business suit is trying to enter the building. And she sort of, she's sort of like kind of, uh, skirts past him quickly and then he like looks at her and then he like pats his belly here take a, take a listen to this come on and lose that weight get your body slim lose yourself in the days you Dyna Trim, the weight loss plan from the makers of Centrum. Just blend for a delicious shake. Blend longer for a creamy mousse. Or freeze it for a frozen treat. Come on, lose yourself in the taste. <laughs> do you remember this now? I do. I remember. It's funny. They don't show any overweight women. They only show overweight men yeah, and skinny women. It's interesting. I, I, that is an interesting dynamic. 
I had forgotten that ad, but when I saw they turn it into a mousse or turn it into like an ice cream, mm-hmm. that was very uh, intriguing to me uh-huh. as a young person. Yeah, and it looks like chocolate ice cream. Yeah, which I'm is sure very, it tastes like garbage. Yeah, well, we have it on good authority that that's exactly what it tastes like. Thanks, Lauren. Beautiful yeah. job, by the way. Great job and great, uh, great, uh, great deep cut. You can sell anything. All right, Beach, you got this part? Yes, please come visit us at the Facebook group. It's been uh, really fun there. Uh, just uh, if you have, are not a member, apply to be a member. It uh, takes a second. Email us at after these messages show at gmail or call us at 607 444 5597. That spells 607 444 5597. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Riding on a unicorn, undercover cop, and I'm wearing a uniform. Plus, I wrote all of my rhymes in cuneiform. Hella years ago, BC, you better be informed. If you don't get it, get a computer and Google it. If you find out all the reasons we the shit, then you the shit.